0: for me slow motion for me moving slow motion for me slow motion for me slow motion for me moving slow motion for me slow. I like it like that sheep working that back I don't know how to act. slow motion for me slow welcome pew report readers listeners
1: and viewers to another edition of the pewter report podcast energized by Celsius I am John Ledyard from pewterreport.com Along with me today, you know him by his true name, Matthew Matera, and he was in rare form today down at Bucks practice at was I really? the Advent. Tra- I thought you were at the Advent tra- health training facility. I thought you were in rare form today, Matt. And you're going to let all the people know today on the podcast just what that rare form looked like and how brilliant you were at practice today. Because the tell the tales of your work today need to be sung from every rooftop in tampa bay
0: the tales of my because of the fire <laughs> left article
1: just everything you did man the tweets no i'm just joking with you i hey, was just trying I to mean, get you i was just trying to blow you up to start the podcast man that's all i was trying to do
0: i, I appreciate that just I, I don't look and give humble, in the
1: mouth just say yeah absolutely that definitely my work can't get too was- big of
0: a head you know <laughs> um hey i did spot tanner hudson i was like hey you did that- that guy's out. That guy is right. not practicing today. Let's tweet that out.
1: There's a brace on that guy's wrist. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, you heard Byron Leftwich say crazy words and you said, wow, this should be tweeted. And so we Didn't tweeted work. it. Um, no, it was good. It was a good I morning. That'd be
0: on video. You tweeted. Right. I was That's like, right. this on video." I did tweet it. Yes, I did.
1: <laughs> if people have noticed the pure report Twitter account being a little more surly than usual, that's because that may be your boy. Your boy may have had something to do with that. I may be letting the sass out on the Peter report account a little bit, but no, it was a fun day of practice. I mean, you know, this team is kind of you. I've gotten the feeling the last two days being there that they're they're ready for like a, something new.
0: You know what I mean? Didn't you get that feeling yep. today? Today very much felt like it was the the calm before the storm. Like they knew that the Tennessee Titans are on the horizon and it's going to be super fun watching them uh, share a joint, share a joint, share a joint practice the next two days. Um, And today was obviously they were just in shorts and and. and spiders or shells or whatever you want to call it. Cause everyone has a different definition for it. Right. Um. But yeah, you can, you could tell that they were getting ready to, they're ready to put the pedal to the metal on, yeah. uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, no question. And
1: I think it, not that everybody was unfocused or anything, but I do think there's a level of excitement for something new out of the, got out of the ordinary. What's interesting about Bucks practices is that uh, for, compared to other teams that I've watched and, and seen, their practice format day to day, not a lot changes with the box. They pretty much do the same stuff every yeah. day. Like in, not that they do all the same place, but just like the same periods happen at the same times with the like, same you know, people. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, when they're going to go to yeah. individual drills, you know, when it's going to be 11 on 11, you know, when it's going to be seven on seven and so forth, you know, when it's like halfway through practice, you're like, all right, like they're going to the kicking portion right. and, and everything like that. So yeah. yeah so, the only thing that mixes up a little bit is like when they decide to go red zone or,
1: and or goal line and things yeah. like that.
0: Yeah. And the one-on-one. So, you know, that's a nice little uh, treat right. to, to, to throw to the fans and, Oh, and yeah. people that are over there watching. I'm geeked but, up on one-on-one
1: days, no question about oh, it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we've got a lot to learn kind of about what the next two days are gonna look like against the Titans because that could be the Titans format for practice, it could be combination of the two teams. Yeah, I'm sure it's a combination of the two teams to a degree. I don't know what that'll look like. Will they do one-on-ones? Oh, man, I can't wait. Um, This is going to be – it's going to be a blast. The next two days are going to be so much fun, and we're going to be here on the Pewter Report podcast breaking it all down for you, and it's going to be energized by our friends over at Celsius. If you don't know, Celsius, it's the energy drink that that you got to have, to be honest with you. I know there's other ones out there, but, like, I just really believe if you try Celsius, you won't drink anything else like they're that good. There's no drop-off from them. The taste is amazing. It's healthy energy. It accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. There's no sugar yet they get tons of different flavors and tons of great taste. I don't even know how they do it, to be honest. I know there's a bunch of scientific facts on the back here. I just know that I'm happy every time I drink one, and I believe you will be too. The other thing that makes me happy and has honestly physically sustained me during training camp are these protein bars, these fast protein bars that Celsius produces as well. 20 grams of protein, one gram of sugar. That's it. Great to get the protein with very little sugar. This is the white chocolate cookies and cream. The caramel, uh, salted caramel uh, crunches, another one that I, I think I like that one more. Considering that I'm still out of it, um, working my way through the white chocolate cookies and cream. It has been. I mean, I'm I'm up early, but I'm doing a workout, and then I'm showering, and then I'm getting my kids up, and my daughter's starting school, so I'm getting her out the door to school, and I'm leaving, like basically, I'm leaving and going out of practice. So these energy drinks and these protein bars have sustained me when I can't get complete meal. Um, so I encourage you to check them out. There's a link in this YouTube description, click that link. You can get the variety pack for the protein bars. And then you already know about how to find Celsius. Uh, click on the banner ads over at peterreport.com or make sure that you go to Celsius.com. Find this, use the store locator to find out where you can get Celsius near you. All right, Matt, let's just talk right away, right off the bat about Byron Leftwich. People are freaking out. Slow what motion in the plumbing. world? <laughs> what is this guy talking about? And it's always a question with Byron Leftwich. And I will just I want to go through what was actually said so that everybody kind of knows what we're talking about in case they missed uh his comments today after practice. But Byron Leftwich uh basically confused us. Um, which <laughs> Byron Leftwich to
0: put it mildly. To, to
1: put it mildly, yes. Uh, I'm gonna find that actually I'm gonna find the quotes with Arians in there too, because uh yeah, there's yeah,
0: we were quick to uh, for lack of a better term, discredit what Coach Leftwich was saying about wow, we're not doing any motion. Like I don't yeah. know where you guys got that from. Well, we got it from somewhere, and that person happened to be his head coach, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arians.
1: Right, and I just here's what Leftwich said. Basically, was that their offense isn't changing. There's nothing different about their offense. They didn't change their offense last year after the bye. They didn't do more motion. He said in the past, we didn't make an effort to do more play action. Well, that t- clearly is not true. And right. Bruce Arians has said it's not true. You know, So they don't care about being on the same page. That's clear. That's fine. Whatever. Um, now he's saying, you know, now Byron Leftwich has basically said um, that in terms of motion, the offense is not going to do that. And we're not going to, he said, we're not going to have, be like a motion offense like that's not going to happen and he said i don't know where you're getting that well we're getting it from bruce arians because he literally said it the other day after practice um so it's not like we're coming up with this stuff on our own or just making it up i mean we are witnessing it every day in practice we aren't really even allowed to report on that unless somebody confirms it. arians basically did confirm it. we didn't even ask him to confirm but he just said they were doing it yeah and so it just makes no sense to me why like It's already out there. We already know, man, like you don't have to act like it's not true. Like it's just, that's just left with sometimes. Yeah.
0: So uh, here's Arians quotes. Uh, I pulled it up. Uh, We tweeted from the Peter report account. Uh, This was five days ago. He said, again, a very, very good practice. Today's emphasis were communication. A lot of shifts, a lot of motions, defensively making adjustments, offensively, obviously executing those shifts and motions and the plays correctly. I was really pleased with it. It's a nice little buildup, obviously, with the pads off for Saturday night. Hopefully, the weather will cooperate, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then later on, he says, uh, the question was pretty much about the Buccaneers and Brady having to start with uh, terminology and, and basic stuff from a year ago. He said, we wouldn't have had all of those shifts, motions, and all those different gadgets that we were doing today. So, in that statement right there, then, you know, he says a couple more things, but pretty much said that like this year, they're putting in more of that stuff because they had that luxury now after right. having the entire offense and Tom Brady playing in that system for a whole year. And so
1: L- Leftwich isn't helping himself because what happens is that fans react when they see left, say stuff. And so he's they're he's get they're get frustrated and they blame him like he's doing this but he's not doing the things he's saying really like he came out of the bye week with more control last yeah. year and more on the same page with brady and it more was play one action. of the right like it was one of the things that transformed their season the fact that they went heavy play action against washington in the wild card game and other regular season games for the end of the year but especially that game in the kansas city game those are their two heaviest play action games of the year you tell me that didn't wasn't intentional you're telling me you just stumbled into that like <laughs> i mean come on like what you're making yourself sound worse like i but he doesn't care about that at all he doesn't care what fans think and he doesn't care what media thinks that's one thing i'll say about Byron left you can say it you can take it or you can leave it i personally don't necessarily always understand what he's saying but i do think he's a good coach even if i don't necessarily love all the things that the, you know the media interactions with him i do think he's a good coach i think last year he got a lot better and i think that he's still somebody who's growing and learning but as an offensive coordinator, yeah, I, I, I like a lot of things he's done. I like the fact that he's willing to learn and listen to players. I think those are important things. He just doesn't want to show that part of himself to us. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you
0: 100%. <laughs> I think he's a really good person, and, and he's a good coach, mm-hmm. and he's a, a really good coach, and he, he's obviously getting better better at it. And at the end of the day, he he's a player's coach because he's a, a, a player that played in the league and was in the league at the same time as Tom Brady, which is – Pretty crazy. I mean, you don't really see that too yeah. much, where a coordinator is the coach he of a played, guy that played against him. Played, Daniel, played, right? a, yeah, played against say? him. Yeah, exactly, and, and everything like that. But uh, when it comes to speaking to the media, Leftwich has always pretty much been the same. He said the he says the same exact thing that he said from the first day he's been here up until his most recent press conference today, and that's he says he needs to learn about the quarterback more or the best way for this offense is if he knows what the, what he thinks the quarterback is going mm-hmm. to do. And he always says that he's going to put his players in the best position to succeed. He says that every single time, which is totally fine. Um, but you kind of know, you kind of know what he's going to say in each press conference, which made it a bit surprising that he would say something about, we're not going to do any motions and, I don't know why you guys keep bringing this up or why you guys said it in the first place. So
1: <laughs> it's just like, I don't you know need why to. you need, do you need to act like you don't know what we're talking about, like in order to do this, you know, it just seems it seems like you know what we're talking about. I just it's not like we're imagining motion happening on the offense. Like we're just seeing it. like it's happening, you know, there's it's been a clear increase in practice. I don't know whether they'll yeah. show any of that in games or not or things like that. But uh, the Bucks are never going to be a motion heavy offense, but they were the motion they were the least motion heavy offense in the league last year. So, you know, it's just like, there's going to be an increase from that. There was an increase from that over the past three final three games of the season. That is part of your game plan. Like that happened. That's real stuff. ESPN has those numbers. Seth Walder and I have talked about this at ESPN. There are tweets that show that I I just, I, it's confusing to me. Um, But anyway, yes. I, so I, I would say to fans, do not freak out. I do not think that the bucks are going to be a super stagnant offense or anything like that. They are using motion in practice. They will use motion in these games. Whether they show it or not, a ton in the preseason, we'll see. But there will be that element to their offense. They will not be San Francisco or Green Bay or anything like that. But they will be. There will be motion. In and
0: offense. John, you you got to remember too. Even with the issues that the Bucks had during the season on offense, and yes, as we just spoke about, they figured it out after the buy. This is a team that still averaged thirty point eight points per game. And funny, coincidentally enough, they also averaged 30.8 points per game in the postseason. I feel like that's kind of crazy. They averaged literally the exact same amount of points. That's kind of tough to do. So we're still talking about a a team that was able to put points on the board. They're still able to score even when they didn't really have their A game. So I think that's a super encouraging sign going into this season where they're clearly going to be multiple steps ahead than they were last season which was a Super Bowl winning season right so if 30.8 was what they did last year I mean I don't think it's crazy is like 35 points per game it, I'm, uh, and like too I, wild I was, I was gonna say 32 at first but I'm like is that too is that too I really little don't know. Jump? yeah
1: I really don't know I know these things aren't always linear unfortunately but yes, right I yeah and it makes Game sense situations
0: will dictate everything yeah, like if they're up twenty eight nothing and uh going into the fourth quarter they might just right. yeah, run out right. the clock essentially yeah. right
1: so there's there's elements that yeah need to be considered with all of it for sure but i I mean I think it should be a good offense I, yeah anybody saying anything different you know know something that we don't because yeah, I think it should be a really good offense and I think motion will be a part of that I also say this i I don't think like, well, like I harp on play action. I don't think motion is, is as critical. There are, there are elements to motion too. Are you pre-snap motion or you motion at the snap? Those are different things. The Bucks do plenty of pre-snap motion. In my opinion, Uh motion at the snap, you know, they don't do any of that. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like you just depends what you're looking for, but there's, you know, I wish they did some of it, but it, it's not as big a deal to me as like, whether you're doing play action, especially in a vertical based offense. Like, how are you not doing more play action in a vertical based offense? That's, crazy to me um so there's uh, and the same thing with the screen game before they incorporated that in you know with the wide receivers so so there's those things to me are, are more important than than motion i don't want us to get totally caught up in it but yeah i wouldn't put like a ton of stock into what byron's saying at this point in time he just he likes to play games with us he really does and that's that's his thing so uh what else do we have we learned today at this practice uh we learned that um Tom Brady, uh, yeah, looking pretty good. I mean, I thought today was – He's I know a against, solid
0: player. He's got, yeah, he's he's got right. a bright he's, future here. Yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> I mean, there were some points of practice where the ball just didn't even hit the ground. He was just absolutely feeling it. I'm looking back through my notes, and it almost just becomes – you get used to it in practice, but like, man – Deep to Darden several times, hit Gronk between a bunch of defenders. Yep. Um,
0: Chris Godwin his, down the Chris field Godwin, had a good one. Yep, to Godwin and right. and uh, he was held on the plate. Oh, the ref, there were refs today too. By mm-hmm. the way, yes, to uh, to those of us, those of you watching and listening to us, mm-hmm. they had refs there for the first time, which was cool. Obviously, I assume they'll be there for when the Titans get here too. But yeah, uh, it was a pass down the the right hand side of the field, and Godwin was held on the play. The ref. Through the flag and everything, and he still came down with it. So, uh, shorthanded Chris Godwin, while we probably haven't said his name as much as AB and Mike Evans and guys like that, he looks to be, uh, in good form for the, uh, for the regular season that's coming up.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, he looks great in practices and I mean, we only saw two pass attempts the other day, but they were both on the money. And so, I mean, yeah, we're just, we won't see him against the Titans on Saturday, but you'll see him the next two days joint practices. So we'll have full reports from those on how he looks, obviously in those environments remember this i just would like everyone to remember this as we look at brady over the next two days brady when he was talking on the shop about that team with that Ah. -er, he was talking about the titans i'm just saying that's the team he was talking about so get that in your heads the next two days could be a little fun if brady comes out trying to fire it around the around the yard you know i think that He's going to, yeah, I don't think that's lost on Brady, even the practice atmosphere. I know we always make a huge deal out of these things with Brady, but I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. But I do think that will be a fun underlying storyline, especially if Tannehill kind of struggles a little bit, Brady kind of lights it up or vice versa, you know, too, for the Titans people. Also, the reports out there, I know it's the Titans, but the reports out there that the Titans, you know, the reports are the team that, that Brady was referring to knows they're that team. Uh, the Brady was referring to. They know who who he's talking about, and obviously that team. To, you know, I strongly believe. the you others know, that strongly believe that that team is the Titans, and so um, yeah, I think that uh, yeah, it's going to be another Plus element.
0: Bra- yeah. Oh, of course. Plus, Brady has a, a friendship and a relationship with uh, with the Titans coach Mike Vrabel. So, anytime yeah. it's a former New England type of guy, yeah. yes, and John Robinson, sorry. Uh, you know, any time you, you see some old pals and when you're on the other side, you want to get the better of them, you know? Right. And I'm sure Brady hasn't forgotten as great success that he's had in, in the mm. in his first season with the with the Bucks. I mean, he knows yeah. the team that knocked him out in his last New England. So uh, Greg says, so are
1: you saying that he remembers the Titans? <laughs>
0: yeah. Greg, he does remember. Great time, point. Greg. He does. He does. Tracy. Remember the good
1: point by Tracy Vrabel and Brady were also teammates. Exactly. <laughs> this thing has so many layers.
0: I can't it. remember. Was Vrabel one of the defensive players that would line up on yeah. offense, like at the goal yes. line, whatever? So caught several times. Yeah, I mean, career, yeah, yeah, from yeah. Brady. So. it's pretty yeah. awesome. But yeah, new pretty, new yeah, uniform yeah. for Brady and still out for blood you know
1: yeah yeah i i'm very excited i think it's going to be a great battle to watch obviously you know there will be a lot of elements to that that we'll be breaking down over the next couple days but that'll be one of them brady against the titan secondary that thinks they've kind of remade themselves this offseason those receivers you know doing work as well but you know i think that even when you watch practice today matt I, i kept going back to one thing like i just think this group drops the freaking football too much like I it's so frustrating because they are so talented and we've written so many times about how, like there's practice periods where they just look unstoppable. And that's how it was in the yeah. games last year. You know, there were games where they just, you couldn't defend any, like think of those Atlanta games and the, and the lions game and even the Washington game If Godwin and drop so many passes, like they could not be covered. They could not be stopped. You know what I mean? It was nope. just that kind of a group and that kind of a passing attack But man, the Bucs were third, he had the third or second most drops in the league of any team last year. Brady had 33 passes dropped per pro football focus. In the playoffs, they dropped 12 more passes, which is just crazy that they were able to overcome that. Uh, That's way more than any other team. I know they played a little more games than any other team, but even that rate, that's a 13% drop rate uh, for them in the playoffs. That is just disgusting. That's horrible. Um, And they overcame it. And this is PFF being quite quite conservative with their drop count like i would definitely say it was more than 12 in the playoffs i mean i've charted it out before i think i was at 14 or 15 it just it's so weird because they can all get open they can all make contested catches they can all run by people make plays vertically make plays after the catch like you name it they can do it with this wide receiver core and usually multiple guys that can do all those things but drops like you know and again it's mostly Last year was mostly Mike Evans, the tight ends to a degree, but the backs, you know, this, you know, we expect Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown are two of the most shorthanded receivers to ever play. Yeah. Godwin obviously had the disaster game against Washington. Other than that, his drop numbers were, were really good. Um, last year and ab of course of his career has been great in that regard and it was great last year with the bucks in that regard so there is some reason some optin reason for optimism but you know tyler johnson drops two today leonard drops one and another i thought he should have caught on his back hip you said it was a little behind him and you're right mike evans adjusted and should have caught one in the end zone went off both his hands for a touchdown and we saw it in the game right josh pearson drops two passes um tanner hudson dropped one uh, who else? AB drop one. That doesn't happen. Yeah, enough. he dropped one
0: down the field. Yeah, yeah just, you're right. It,
1: it's been an issue, and Bruce Aaron's called it out the Monday before too many drops in practice. And I, we wrote about I was an issue. You practice like you play, or you play like you practice. I think that there's a lot of truth to that. I know it's a cliche, and most cliches I kind of laugh at, but I do think there's a lot of truth to that. Like, Drops are a confidence thing more than they are a skill thing, yeah. in my opinion. Like you know, they're a consistency repetition thing. And I don't know whether being on the jugs machine or whatever helps these guys more, but I just my observation has been that it's a it's a freaking problem for this team. And and it's the kind of thing that you just it's you don't want to be derailed because you dropped the because you did things self-inflicted things if you're a team this good.
0: Yeah, and I think it, the type of drops that the Bucks had, I mean, specifically for this practice, I think was more concerning because a lot of those drops, it wasn't like, you know, they had a step in front of or ahead of the defender, but the guy was still pretty much covering the whole time. Like Tyler Johnson's first drop was over the middle and he was trying to take it upfield, but there was... There was defenders in the area, but not even close to even put their arm out and try to knock the ball away. Like that's how open he was. Leonard Fournette's drop, it was uh, just a swing pass, it hit him right on the money, mm-hmm. you know. And and then Mike Evans, any ball his way should be caught, you know. Especially, I believe it was Dean in coverage on that play. Yeah, it, it might have been. And uh, you know, Mike had the step ahead, so. I think that or, was... Sorry, I
1: think it was Dean, another play. I think that that was somebody else. I can't remember who, but...
0: Either way, you know, Maybe Mike Evans has to make that catch. Right. Um, I It shows how important Giovanni Bernard is going to be on this team, and I know we spoke about it the yeah. other day after the preseason game, but he's a guy that's already made two big third-down catches. I do want to give a shout-out to Ronald Jones today because we all know the history of his, yeah. his catching issues, but he made a very nice catch today down the field about a 10 to 15 yard reception. And he caught it like right near the sidelines too. It was the type of reception that even when Ronald Jones makes the catch, you usually see him in the middle of the field, but for him Mm -hmm. to make essentially what was close to a sideline catch, very much not in the wheelhouse of what's not even really a wheelhouse of Ronald Jones in the first place (laughs) for him, for, for him to make that type of play. That definitely stood out to me. And I think the crowd was really happy about they it were, too cuz yeah. They made some more noise on that play than any of the other plays that we saw. Yeah.
1: I'm glad you pointed out that play. It was a great it was a great catch by Ron Jones, safety close in and he, just a concentration catch. That's the kind that's uh, evaded him over the past. You know, it was a great it's a great catch and I you know it's a sign of things that he can be. There's no question talent-wise he has kind of the, some traits to be effective in the passing game. It just has not happened because he just doesn't know where to be. He doesn't get his head around, doesn't get his hands up, doesn't finish all those simple things, you know, things for most backs and for most receivers in the game, we kind of take those things for granted. We expect those things to be there and we worry about the rest. Well, for him, it's kind of the opposite, right? Like we don't question his tackle breaking or speed acceleration, in the open field, any things like that. We question the ability to use those things in the first place you're gonna because you don't have the ball in your hands and so uh it's kind of a reverse situation with rojo been an odd career for rojo but i'm very hopeful about this season first step playing him
0: over leonard fournette though we'll see i was gonna say first he's got to be the starter he's only (laughs) the starter on paper right now i mean can
1: the man prove it like it just has been so obvious in practice but uh, greg wants to know what's the over under on receptions by bernard per game uh for he's thinking four per game four per game would be 68 receptions that would no. that's too high. Um, Probably two per game would be the over under, right? One and a half. I mean, I don't know how over out over
0: yeah, one or one and a
1: half. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you, you think he's only going to get two per game. I think he's going to get uh, more than that. He got two receptions in the preseason game the other night. He hardly, oh, I know,
1: I know, but that's such a small sample size, yeah. but I mean, his career
0: high in receptions is
1: like, I mean, well, how many catches do you think he'll have this year? You think he'll hit 50? Because if he gets two per game for seventeen games, that's thirty-four catches in the year. If you, maybe for, it's three, that's you know, that puts some more. I just the, see
0: a situation where even this is like even if the Bucks are winning or stuff like that, that uh, that Bruce Arians just kind of falls in love with the idea of just having a receiving back out well, there. And, I agree and, with
1: you on that. Yeah, I agree with you on and
0: that. And that he'll get. He'll so get, maybe uh, a kind of opportunities. That's a, I think the over under should either be a one and a half or two and a half per game. One
1: or so the other. So one
0: and a half or two and a half. Yeah, so, so you're either betting on he's going to get three or he's going to get two per game. Okay. Well, right. Right. So let's keep I'm it th- at one and a half for now. Oh, that's conservative. Gonna we, we, okay. You know what? Because I would take the over Fine. on that. I would yeah, take the over right. on that. Fine. Easily. Two. Two and a half. two and a
1: half is harder for me.
0: Yeah. Because One and a half if he, for the opener, and then let him get comfortable in the offense. What, two and a half from there.
1: That's that's fifty-one catches. If he had, if he has three, if he averages three catches a game, that means he finishes with fifty-one catches in the year. But you that know, Brady
0: loves loves throwing to the running backs, and he I know but How often to the is he running be on the back field? field again? If he's the most trustworthy third-down guy, and the Bucks will be in third-down situations. That's just how football works. You're right. I think. Bruce Aarons is okay. not going to shy away from being like, hey, well, this guy is a pro's pro. He can pass block. I trust him in pass blocking way more than Ronald Jones and probably especially Leonard Fournette. And he's got the hands. Let's just keep putting him out there on third down.
1: I don't think he's going to have 68 catches this year, Greg. But I I think 51's possible. That's not crazy.
0: 51's possible. All right. We're starting catches now. Per- the. The three quest per of game 51 for 51. Giovanni that Bernard. would be
1: the second most catches he's had in a season, his career, but he had 47 last year. He said 50
0: f- burger plus he one had
1: 56 in 2013 his rookie year. He's never hit that since then. 43, 49, 39,
0: 43, 35, 30, 47. So, well, no quarterback that has won right. multiple Super Bowls has went to another team and won a Super Bowl with that team in their first season. And so- no team has ever won a Super Bowl in their home stadium before. And that all happened last season with the Bucks and Tom right. Brady. So, so if if it could ever happen, it would go down this season in Tampa Bay.
1: Paul says he'll take the over on two and a half. So he's all right, He's in the three catch department. Welcome, Paul. Welcome to the three catch per game three catch
0: club for Geo.
1: So I, yeah, I think 51's in the wheelhouse for him. That's crazy. At the end of this, at the end of this off season, So like right before week one, I will do something I did last year in a Bucks briefing column, and I will predict I remember that. The statistical outputs for every skill player on the Bucks' offense, Tom Brady included, for this upcoming season, it
0: will be one of the hardest things I've ever done. It's Matt. tough. I mean, just with the talent of this team. And I remember last year. Uh, I remember last year you writing that, and you you asked some of uh, that was before the staff AB, court. before yeah Gio, yeah like
1: before Scotty Miller's emergence. Right, and I, you know, it's tough and to it
0: predict like. too because you got to think like okay well you had predictions for oj howard and then he gets a, a season-ending injury yeah. so it's so tough to foresee all of that type of stuff but it's going to yeah, be an yeah. awesome article to read i can guarantee Thanks. you that it's
1: going to be uh it's going to be fun i don't know how i'm going to do it but uh yeah it's so hard to do because you think logically wow yeah i mean there could be three 1000 yard receivers in this team and Gronk could have you know 600 yards and Oh so then geo could have 50 catches. Well, Gio has 50 catches. Where's everybody else? Like, yeah. you know, that's a lot of catches. And does Rojo have any? Does Leonard catch a ball? You know, it just it gets gets ridiculous. Um, so there's a lot to think about. Um, but some somebody uh Bucks time 12 says 99 catches for Gio. <laughs> 99. All right, all right. See you, Bucks time 12. If he were the full-time back, I'm not saying he'd catch 99 balls, but oh, it would be where Greg is predicting the 68 but i be above range. Like and, I, and I would set it at four and a half. You never know.
0: He's back. one injury away from, you know, he's one injury away from being, Let's moving up to the number two guy. And we know how in today's NFL, you really switch it up all the time with who's in sure. the backfield at running back. So. All
1: right. All right. You talk about our friends over at living golf life, our boys for a second. We and I'm going to look love- something
0: up. Yeah, we absolutely love giving living golf life. And uh, we're super pumped that they are a sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. I'll tell you about living golf life. They are a golf brand, but they're more than that. They're all about the lifestyle. All you people that live in Florida or anywhere that you live there, where you are, there are golf courses. The beauty of Florida is that you can play golf all year round. And uh, I'm an avid golfer myself. I'm not the best golfer. I usually shoot in the 90s, but that's what living golf life is all about. Uh, it's You don't have to be the best player. You don't have to be the next Brooks Kepka or anyone on the PGA Tour. It's about being outside, having a great time with your friends, enjoying some cold ones, and just having fun with the game of golf. Uh, they have great merchandise and apparel to get you ready for when you're going out on the course. They have... Hats. John's wearing one right now. Koozies.
1: Look at this thing. Come on. I mean,
0: polos. Yeah. yeah, Just a great logo and everything. Um, It was created this year in 2021 by Jim Elsith and Mike Bush. They have military background and a first responder background. They, uh, you know, they just they love the game of golf. They love the brand, the lifestyle that it comes with, and they make great merchandise to go along with it. So please. Check out their website at livinggolflife.com. Check out their Instagram at livinggolflife. They do uh, giveaways all the time. They're giving out free stuff. They got awesome swag. We're going to be rocking polos, hats, and everything else in between at training camp, at practices, on the podcast. It's Living Golf Life. Whenever you're out on the course, make sure you hashtag it or tag them in it. And, uh, you know, if we see you, purchasing some living golf life attire we'll make sure to retweet it everything else with that i'll even play around the golf with you if you want to do that <laughs> there so, you go that's a great sure offer i can't yeah. believe
1: your phone is a, you got to leave your email or something like
0: i uh, will hit me up on you. twitter dm me or whatever there you go all and right, uh so. yeah so make sure you go to livinggolflife.com that's right it's great stuff
1: those, we appreciate those guys a lot for sure all right uh here's what i was looking up i got to continue this geo conversation just a little yeah. bit longer I was looking up James White. I was looking up to see his numbers kind of as he played with Brady over the years, what kind of numbers he was able to put up. Here's the last four years he spent with Brady. The last five years we'll go. He spent with Brady in New England, which really he's not played that long. So these are every year but his rookie year this is including. 40 catches in 2015. 60 catches in 2016. Hey, now, 56 catches in 2017. 87 catches in 2017. 72 catches in 2019. So the last three years, 56, 87, 72 catches.
0: Not and bad. not bad. The Patriots had other running backs that could catch the ball too. That's right.
1: The, he was not like the feature back in New England, where Geo won't won't be. There'll be some similarities in their research. It's not completely, but there'll be some similarities. And obviously, the Bucks have way more receivers to throw. Yeah, to, so I don't think he's going to get the 80, of it. 70 catches or anything. But it shows you like that's the high end. And even if there's some regression back to the middle, 51 seems like, I feel all this to say 51. Well done, Matt. So
0: you're saying there's a chance. Oh, there's a chance. No question
1: about it. If Leonard get get off the field. Um, Anyway, so uh, let's talk about the offensive line. The last battle, the ninth spot, Nick Leverett running with the second and third team after Maybe losing some ground on that matchup, right? Based on uh, Saturday's game, Brad Seaton actually played a little bit better as I rewatched the game. I'm writing this a little bit about this a little bit in Buck's briefing that'll be out tomorrow morning at PeterReport.com. But I think that competition kind of opened back up again. It felt like everybody was kind of settling in on Leverett. He played well enough to tackle, and you knew he was an inside guy. And okay, he can be our ninth guy. He plays guard if we need him, he plays tackle if we need him. Danny gets in the game and yeah, some guys that are roster fringe guys and a rookie and Joseph asai they're kind of taking him to school a little bit. And I don't know if the bucks think he can play tackle. We kind of came away from that game. I know Scott and myself and you, you kind of, I don't know if he's a tackle and if he's not a tackle, Matt, then Josh Wells is your backup tackle. And then you have Hainsey and Stinney on the inside, but then do you want to tackle for your last spot and your ninth spot? Is it Brad Seaton who played better in the game? Who was okay today? Joe Tryon. Definitely yeah, well, I was going to say, like Tri-
0: Tryon kind of dominated him a little bit. Yeah. But granted, it's Joe Tryon. By the way, just real quickly, that quote that Nacho had yesterday talking about Joe Tryon when he was like, you know, there are days where I think to myself, oh man, I could have been a, a first round pick. And then I look at Joe Tryon and I'm like, nah, I couldn't be. That was just hilarious. Nacho. Nachos the best. I just want to say that real quick. Yeah. Seaton had a, a difficult, the, the pendulum of Brad Seaton, I think has, has been almost as crazy as any offensive lineman in this, uh, yeah. in this comp- competition for one of the last spots. Cause I think we went in being like, Ooh, he's one of the guys that has a really good shot. He was one of the players that opted out of last season, but now he's back. He's a veteran player. And then Leverett kind of stole the show. It was like, Oh, now, see, eh, kind of an afterthought. Then he got himself back into the race with a solid performance in the preseason game. And then again today, again, I, I maybe I wasn't watching him as intently as other guys, but when I did see him, what I was watching was Joe Tryon getting the win in all yeah. of those reps. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, uh, Joe Tryon's looking like, like
0: the man crazy good, the, like the man. I mean, we talked about him a ton, and obviously, yeah. the sack was awesome. So, we don't need to. Keep going on and on and on about Joe trying, but but I could though,
1: we could so people know, yeah, we could. (laughs) I've I've really been, I've just been very, very, very impressed. And people know I was skeptical of the year off and you know how he looked his last seven calls, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like it was hard, he was a hard projection, it was hard, you know, for us, especially in the media because we didn't get to see him work out in person, we didn't get to work, but we didn't do, do any of those things, so we didn't see what had changed. But he looks great and so it's Brad Seaton that's been struggling kind of with him a little bit, but even Tristan Wirf's almost lost one to him today that Worf saved it by being a phenomenal athlete. Um, right. but it, he's testing everyone and so I get that I get that with Seton, but that's what guys in the NFL do. And so you're talking about your ninth o lineman I mean I'm not saying Seaton's great, uh, but I think there's competition again between those two Danielle Stanley, by the way, got waved today. Um, finally the Jonathan Franklin. Ah, uh, departure happened in Tampa Bay. People have been—is he still there? Is he still on the team? Is he still around? He is still around. They—they they waved him where he was. Now he's not. Uh, they waved him today with a failed physical, and they waved Danelle Stanley, who's been hurt, and out of practice for a while to to make uh, get the roster down to eighty five people. So now you take another snapper like Stanley out of the rotation. We saw Marpet get a couple snaps yesterday. I think that. The Bucks were kind of moving in that direction. The plan is you know, kind of to have, if Hainsy's still out, Marpet's the backup center. Then if Hainsy comes mean, back,
0: we'll see. You mean Molchan?
1: No, Marpet. Ali Marpet? Got yeah, Ali Marpet took snaps yesterday in practice. Yeah,
0: right up. Thanks for uh, reading my practice
1: report, man. I, I must wow. have missed
0: that part, dude. It's, wow. a <laughs> lot, it's a lot. It's a lot right there.
1: <laughs> no, Marpet took snaps. Yeah, with the first team offense in practice. Jensen came out a few plays and.
0: Stiney came over to left oh, guard. Oh, you, you were saying the second team, so that's why I was like... Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. First team O-line, yeah. Gotcha. Stiney came okay. in
1: with the first team O-line. Yeah. Jensen... And so I think that that will be the plan if something happens, unless Hainsey comes back now and gets up to speed. So they're just looking at different options. Stanley's not in the part of the rotation. I think that, that those depth O-line spots are going to come down to, okay, we got Josh Wells here. If Hainsey and Stenny are inside, do we want our ninth guy to be able to play tackle? If so, Nick Leverett, maybe we don't think he can play tackle and Brad Seaton can. And maybe that's the
0: difference. Are you getting concerned about Hainsey's injury? No, no, because Because he's he's snapping snapping. in seven on seven.
1: He's snapping on the side. He's snapping during the game with Brady. He's day to day. They haven't done anything with him. Um, I'm still okay with him. I'm still okay with Jordan Whitehead, too. I think both of them are going to be back, I think. I think they really are day to day. They're taking it, taking it easy with them. But there's nothing like. Yeah. There's nothing on them. They're not. There's no boot like there was with Cam Gale. There's no braces. No, nothing I like was, that. I was going to
0: say, is the most active, yes. ina- <laughs> inactive player that I've seen in the history of training. He really of, uh, is. Yeah.
1: Game. And fans. Which is love great.
0: That. Which yeah. is absolutely great. All I guess right. it helps when you're a center. Like if you're a tackle, you can't really do yep. as much in those in but those he's seven like on seven.
1: passing by himself and going through his steps and asking questions and right there in the huddle you know he's jumping in the huddles and he's seven making seven. the
0: most of uh you know they always talk about oh when you're out you can still take mental reps mm-hmm. he is making the most of these uh
1: during the game do you remember everybody that tweet that went out and everybody yep. was talking about oh, Brady doesn't rest he's taking the snaps I don't know who asked for those center quarterback exchanges it wouldn't surprise me at all if it was Hainsey though um, after Brady came yeah. out of that game in the fourth quarter of that preseason game. And he's going through, he was talking, it wasn't just the snaps, but if you, uh, Brady was going through his footwork, but Haines, was going through his footwork. And then he was asking Brady about protections. He was like pointing out in front of him, you know, like he, he was asking about setting things if there were certain looks. And so just him getting mental reps and learning from Brady and, um, everybody who's talked about him says he just, the dude just loves football. Like he's all about football. And so, yeah, if that's true, I just think the future could be bright for him because he's got the athleticism, and for center, he's got the size. If he can get snaps down and if he can get you know stronger, I think those are going to be really big things. But mentally and, and athletically, I think he's going to be fine, which is a big big plus at center. So we'll see what ends up happening there with him. But I do think the whole picture at, at on the O-line, maybe Brad Seaton is drawing even or passing Nick Leverett uh, right now. And then there's that constant that is Earl Watford, like –
0: Yeah. I mean, Bruce Arians loves him. Yeah. He was very quick. He was very quick on after the game on Saturday, where he was asked about, I think, LaVrette. And then he was like, yeah, he didn't make too many mistakes. But Earl Watford, let me tell (laughs) you, you know, he came in only a couple days of practices and played 50, 60 snaps. So and I think earlier in training camp too, Arians was asked about a lineman. And he was like, yeah, this guy reminds me of Earl Watford. So. Bruce Arians always has Earl Watford on the mind, and uh, right. if you're a fan of Aaron, if you're a fan of the head coach, or if the head coach is a fan of you, you have a decent shot to at least make the practice squad or something like that. Yeah,
1: my Bucks briefing tomorrow will have a lot of info on some of this stuff, Pat. Just to talk about like the way that players played in the game because we talked about the post game podcast, but we really haven't talked about the broken down the game much with you. All, so I'll have a lot of that content in that uh, in that Bucks briefing column. I was really impressed. You know, I know the bucks had, he's only 154 total yards of offense in pre first preseason game time to be concerned. The worst of it was after the starters were out and after the, yeah. not the starters, but the second the, stringers, the they, third
0: quarter, the third quarter yeah. was very, very ugly yeah. for hard for to bucks have,
1: out. hard to have a lot of offense when you throw two picks um, yeah. in your own territory, hard to have a lot of offense. You know, you get the pick six and then you get two point conversion and then they get the ball back. And so, you weren't necessarily on the field a ton either um, tons of drops in the late the late in the game. Trask had a lot of those uh, don't think Trask is great, but he was fine. Griffin was bad. That's a big part of it, but I'm not worried about those guys. Like there's no, you, you say time to be concerned, you know, first team offense. If AB catches that pass, which he does 99 times of hundred, I think they're rolling. I don't think cap and Worf's blow that protection very often. Not saying they showed well, they didn't, but to me, there's nothing there concerning long-term. Like I don't have, questions about anything based on what I saw those six plays. Like it's just uh, other than the run scheme like that, but I digress. Um The second team O-line played well, Matt, like yeah. that, that, that they played, w- uh, they wore down later in the game, but they played well on Blaine Gabbert's, what do you have two drive the first two drives or maybe only had two drives. He had protection um five V five. They just stood up well, uh, helped each other communicated well. We're on the same level. The yeah, run game wasn't
0: great overall, but I felt that series obviously it led to a score. Yeah. I mean, uh the, while the run game wasn't great overall, that, that series yep. it had their best. I mean, yep. obviously, Keyshawn Vaughn's two-yard touchdown run, they he scored because in. they got a huge push from the offensive line after the initial hit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I agree with right. you there. I agree they with played, you there. For I thought
1: sure. that was really encouraging to me. Um, and honestly, I hate to say it, Sedaris Hutchinson played great and Obviously, turn his ACL and hopefully he gets better. But I do think the Bucs are very interested in him long term still. It wasn't always great in practice. He has things to clean up. Um, but NFL's pro ready body, pro ready mentality and toughness, and pro ready physical strength. Like he could put grown dudes like vets on their butt. <laughs> like that's how strong he was. Um, and there's so there's a lot to work with there. There's, there's some things that need to be cleaned up, but he's an interesting player for the future. And he really, he really played pretty well, um, in the game. So I think that when the, when the live bullets flew, he did better than he would in one-on-ones and things like that in practice. Um, you know, Leverett had a struggle. Seton lost a rep or two. Stanley was great in pass pro. I think he's always going to be a little bit of a liability in the run game, just not the biggest dude in a scheme like this. That probably hurts him. Um, Molson really held his water too, man. Like he was, he's, he's honestly kind of turning it around and having, he's taking advantage of the opportunity with a bunch of centers out and snapping. I jinxed he's, him today, didn't I, Matt?
0: He snapped better in the preseason, in in one preseason game than he has in training camp. And yes, you did jinx him today. For those, again, watching and listening, uh, we were on the sideline watching and they were in and John said something along the lines of, yeah, Motions look good with snapping them over the past couple of days. And I think within five minutes, he just had a terrible snap that, yeah, I, I don't think it, it hit the ground before he even had a chance to look back and see anything like that. So that was rough. But I mean, hey, saving his best for the game, I guess. Can't get too mad about that.
1: Right. I mean, I- so yes, and a long story short, I'm not worried about it, Pat Riley. I don't think that it's a, a big deal that, about the total yards on offense. But I will say this: it goes back to the drops. This isn't the case if they drop if they catch the football. Like they had well over 200 yards of offense if they catch the football. AB's B's drop, Travis Johnson not being able to get both feet down. You know, um, Josh Pearson dropped a long ball. You know, Ty Johnson's wide open for a long ball. By the way, and Trask missed him. That was that would have been a touchdown, a deep touchdown. Remember, Trask missed him by several yards. Yep. That stuff is the stuff you gotta you gotta make those plays count, especially within the course of a game. You may miss one one bad thing may happen. You cannot let that stuff build up too often. Last year, when they struggled, those were there were a lot of missed opportunities like that, and that's what you don't want to see happen. Especially when you're a team that lives a lot on the long ball, got to hit them when they're open, got to catch them when you get get them on your hands. They didn't do that the other night, so the yardage that's what it's going to look like. Because if you don't catch those. Now you're in third and 10, you know, now you're in those kind of situations and it's harder to get that yardage. Um, So it's those hidden things, but all controllable for the box, all controllable for the box, not something that that's a deficiency of their roster, something that they just have to be able to focus and can continue to improve at consistency wise. Um, So, yeah, I think that's really, I mean, that to me, those were the big observations for today. The Titans practices, we'll talk about in a second, but I want to throw this offer out there to people. The underdog fantasy response has been outstanding in recent weeks. I have been so excited to see people jumping in on these leagues, signing up, using that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to make sure they get signed up um, so that they can get that $25 in credit that they're doing. We are doing a big money fantasy league. The the the, the buy-in looks like it's going to be between $20, $25. We'll see what uh, people say. We've got, I think, eight spots maybe filled at this point in time. If you want to be in the big money, the $20, $25 buy-in, underdog fantasy league, we're trying to get this thing to 12. It's a best ball league. You draft, and that's it. You draft your team. It's, it's quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. No kicker, no defense. You draft your team, your roster set. It pulls the top scores from your roster every single week. That's what that's what underdog fantasy will do. You don't have to set your lineup. You don't have to do anything on the waiver wires. Nothing like that. You just draft. It takes care of the rest throughout the year. It'll pull your top scores every week. And at the end of the year, we see who wins the big money. But I think we're doing like a $20, $25 buy-in. If you're interested in this underdog fantasy league with myself and some other Peter reporters, including Scott, Scott is in on this league. Scott Reynolds is in on this league. If you want to take money from Scott, don't we all? Make sure you email me, john, J-O-N, at pewterreport.com as soon as you can. There are spots available, but they are limited. I don't. I think it's like four or five spots at most, maybe. could be less than that at this point. I've, I know I have a couple of emails I have to check. Um, from today that I, that I haven't looked at yet. But if you're interested in that, J-O-N at pewterreport.com. If you would like to be in a $3 or $5 league, something a little more low key, let me know. We've got a couple people that were spillover from our third field league. And we've got some couple people that are waiting for another league to open up. I'm going to open another one up as long as I can get some more response on it. So J-O-N at pewterreport.com. J O N at pewter Let me know. And I will get everybody signed up and we'll get in there for the three and $5 leagues as well. Just let me know what league you'd like to be a part of. We'll get you in there. Remember you get $25 in credit with this thing. And the other thing is underdogs got these unbelievable, like big bulls going on. Like they had the puppy going on. Now they've got, what is it? The big, big dog or something like that. They've got to buy and yeah. put in money and you get a chance to win like a million bucks, things like that. They got going on their site right now. It's really fun stuff. And again, they give you $25 in credit to play. So you're starting from that position already. So, exactly. yeah, get in there and spend some money and win some money with Underdog. They've got some, and the prop bets too. You love the prop bets.
0: I we'll be talking love about those. Yeah. Prop bets. That'll be- <laughs> we'll be
1: talking about those every week on the show yeah. leading up to games, and that'll be yes, a part, huge world. part of our coverage. They've got some really fun prop bets. And so, if you're in it, they think that kind of thing, kind of like we were just, doing a geo right there. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to follow along with underdog. So make sure you start your account there, get that $25 in credit, use that promo code pewter and let me know what fantasy leagues you want to be a part of J O N at Pewterreport.com. All right, Matt, what do we got coming up this week? We got the Titans coming into town and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're oh, going to yeah. be, we're going to be live tweeting a lot of things from practice, but we're also, going to be holding a lot of nuggets for the show and holding a lot of content for the practice reports too. So make sure you keep reading those. Not everything's going to be on Twitter. We'll put some stuff out there, but especially for these practices, there's going to be a lot to take in and we are probably going to be spread out watching different things. And all of us tweeting at the same time from the account could get a little overwhelming. So (laughs) there will be a lot more information I would say that you won't get on Twitter at pewterreport.com and on the Peter Report podcast for these two practices um so just be aware of that i think uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun man there's gonna be a lot to break down and i think that the bucks you know staying healthy is gonna be the key thing we know the starters aren't playing on saturday so this is these two practices are gonna be kind of like us evaluating the preseason game you know we will do the post game yeah. podcast on saturday but wednesday and thursday podcast will kind of be
0: like us kind of evaluating them from almost like a preseason standpoint. Right, and and just think about it. The, the, the first preseason game, as much as we love watching the backups and everything like that, people want to know what went down with the starters, and they played one series. We're going to get multiple, multiple, multiple reps from the starters against the Titans starters for two days of practice. So you're essentially getting almost one full preseason game with the starters in obviously a very condensed microcosm type of way, but you're going to get way more in these two practices than what you'll see from anyone really in the preseason. I think True. it's going to be so much fun to watch. I know I was at the joint practice a couple years ago when the Dolphins came to Tampa and uh, two very different teams at the time uh, We're talking about two teams right now. The Bucks are defending Super Bowl champs Titans are a playoff team, uh, a very good team with uh, an awesome run game and Mm -hmm. obviously know how great the Bucks' run defense is. So that's one element of, you know, a thousand different storylines going on. I'm pumped, man. I think this is really going to be great.
1: Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be a lot of great stuff to cover. And a lot of it will determine, you know, who stays on this roster for the Bucks and who gets cut. So, oh, speaking of cutting Matt Matera, Wanted to let Ah, our people know about our friends over at Manscaped. Listen, listen, listen. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, want you to shave your pubes with the Tom Brady of ball trimmers, the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0, only the GOAT technology for the greatest balls of all time. When you're going toward the end zone, make sure you choose the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped. 2 million men worldwide trust them, so join the movement with our exclusive offer by using that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, for 20% off and free shipping. We laugh when we do these, but honestly, the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is such a game changer, folks. I mean, you've got the the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is waterproof. There's a travel lock on it. There's an unbelievable light on it. The comfort level is terrific. Uh, it, you know, you're not going to get nicked up or anything like that. It's just a great piece of technology. The weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer is another game changer. You've heard Scott talk about that on the podcast before. Big game changer for him. Crop preserver, ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, and then the performance boxer briefs in the shed travel bag are incredible. I mean, the, the performance boxer briefs are like the most comfortable thing in the yes, world, they, I mean, they really
0: are very They're
1: unbelievable. Amazing. This is just a great gift, it's a great thing to ask for, it's a great thing to give somebody uh, else. There's also you get 20% off and you get free shipping with that promo code pewter right now. So, really hard to beat it. Um, they just it is, it's a terrific offer from Manscaped. They've got great deals going on all the time over their site. So, go to manscaped.com, check out the performance package 4.0 there and use that promo code pewter p-e-w-t-e-r make sure you get 20 percent off get free shipping get it for somebody else ask for it as a gift tell people that you can that, about this promo code so they can get it for you save a little bit of money and yeah take care of yourself man Male men mail grooming it's it's uh it's one of the more under discussed but important things in our Very society <laughs> thank you thank you matt i appreciate it all right here we go so we are uh, tomorrow we're back 4 p.m eastern We'll have a lot of observations and insight from their first joint practice to the Titans. That practice will start at 10 a.m. We don't know how long. A little bit later. later Yeah, a little bit later. Don't hate that. Um, And then uh, 10 a.m. as well on Thursday, and we'll have another podcast on Thursday 4 p.m. wrapping up those. So the next two days will be Titans, Bucks, uh, practice thought observations from those joint practices. So it's going to be a fun time. Until then, thanks so much to everybody for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report. Podcast
0: out. Get excited! Joint practice good.